Shows that make you laugh. Shows that make you think. Music that moves you. It can only be one place. Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. Animal Magnetism. Exploring animal care for creatures great and small. Conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Yay! Yay! It's us! It's us! Tony, we have to change the intro. It's not... It's not a single voice. It's definitely not a single voice today. Hello, everyone. Carolyn Hennessy. Welcome to Animal Magnetism. I am your host, your conservation and preservation host. Once again, joined by my producer, my one of my besties, my right hand, Andrea Compton, all the way from just outside Seattle. Here's Andrea with her Emmy. Hello. Hello, gorgeous girl. How are you? You know, it's a good day. Is it a good it's day? Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Is your weather better than ours? Well, I think I think the weather in Hades is better than ours uh, well, at this yeah. point. Uh, not by much. We're going to be in the 90s today. Are That's you? Hot. Are you? I, heard, I heard the reporters say, well, we're going to hit the low 90s today, which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was fine for hell. But, <laughs> but then I heard someone say that, yeah, the valleys are going to top out at like 99. And I went, well, okay, let's have, what's that discrepancy? I don't understand that. We are also joined... The Alpha and the Omega, my personal uh, mentor, I the man, the man, just my, my Bible, my Bible of animal preservation, Gray Stafford, Dr. Gray Stafford, from Arizona, and and what's it like in Arizona? Are you are you getting ash all over your car? No, I don't think so. How how are you? We don't we can't hear Gray. Gray, we can't hear you. <coughs> Can we, we hear we him now? It's only going to be about 102 today, so oh, it's going okay, to be good. good. Okay, good. Well, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Well, let's just suffer through it like the rest of us. I, I was I was chuckling when you said, "Oh, it's going to be in the low 90s." I'm like, "Well, I, we wait for the low well, 90s." Well, apparently it's not. Apparently it's not. But that's okay. Someone was someone was incorrect. Now, our very special guest today. I've met her on two other separate occasions, and these were the instances where I was guesting on. A wonderful show. It's sort of like, like um, June Cleaver meets meets technology meets um, um, you know Emerald Emerald Lagasse. It's sort of everything all in one. Hallmark's Home and Family. This wonderful hour long show that they do every single day. And I have now met her twice, and both times she's been holding unless I want to steal it, uh, an animal, <laughs> a dog. And you were ho- L- Larissa Wall, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Larissa Wall, the beautiful Larissa Wall. Yeah, yeah, you have to and, and, and Muppet. Oh, yes. Muppet's here. Oh. I know. We're going to talk about Muppet. Then. It looks like a lamb. And she does. She does. She looks like Sophie Tucker, my poodle mix, <laughs> except much smaller. She looks like Sophie when Sophie is, um, you know, gets shorn and bathed and everything like that. I have pictures from the first time you were on the show that I was there with Muppet, and I swear it looks like you're running away with. Muppet. Well, I, I think I was. <laughs> I think I was. Amazing. I still have it's, Muppet. You know, security, security. Miss <laughs> Hennessy is heading out. Well, I come on home and family. I've been on twice now, and I do tend to take things <laughs> from the set. From the set, I took a, I took a, you know, a little a felt, felt cutter for Christmas one, oh, and I, okay. and I wanted to take. I was wondering where that the was. The surprise. <laughs> don't, don't look in my closet. Um, you are basically. What would, what would your title be? Because you, there are so many segments on Home and Family. There are many food segments. We love those. There's crafting. There's, um, you know, things like camping, life, things to do in the backyard. I, would you would be a lifestyle? So the show is a lifestyle show. It's yeah. actually, you said a one-hour show. It's two hours. Was time. I wrong? You, but only because it, it flies it by. It fly. And, and my little segments are, <laughs> listen, as long as I'm eating, everything goes really fast. I know. I know. So it's two hours a day, and we actually air four hours a day because we air the new show and the previous day's show. 
So we're a big chunk of Hallmark during the day, which is wonderful. And we do fashion and pets and food and <coughs> you know, makeup and... Books and uh, sing- singers that are au courant, um, you know... Uh, we Te- technology, we yeah, cover, nothing, absolutely nothing for the woman, for the man, for the kids, everything. the crafts, everything. everything. And I, um, I'm helping to grow their pet rescue initiative, which obviously is the dream job because that's what I do outside of work. So being able to bring that inside was just. You know, a, a meeting of two passions. So both, it's amazing. Both times I've been on the show, you have had a dog, <laughs> not the same dog. Andrea always starts off with what I think is is sort of like the primo question. So take it away, darling girl. Oh, Larissa. So thinking back, what was that one moment with that one animal that you had the connection with that sent you down this path of animal rescue, fostering? What was that moment? Oh, man. That's a tough one. We might we might have wanted to prep her for this, but I don't know. maybe not. How many? How long do we have? No, <laughs> two hours. We could be this show and the next show. Exactly. It goes back to my mom. Actually, she passed away almost twelve years ago, which is unbelievable. She's the one who instilled in me that any animal that crosses your path, whether they are stray or you just think they're stray, belongs to you. I love that. I love that. No, I do. So, um, you know, we were always going, either finding animals that just happened to cross our paths or... In the case of sometimes we'd go to the animal shelter and stop somebody walking in with five cats and go, oh, no, we'll take them. Um, so that all of was them. All of them. And then my dad would come home and, and threaten divorce. And my mom would say, I'm keeping the cats. <laughs> Whatever you want to do is <laughs> See ya. Uh, <laughs> so basically, I kind of grew up with that mentality. I'm thinking the first time I actually got a dog, which was when I was probably, ooh, 18 and again, my poor dad said to me, I know you're good at English. You got an A in English. And I said, yes. And he goes, so you know what it means when I say no yes, dogs. No, 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 no. And <laughs> then I went out and got a dog. And um, I started watching all those animal cop shows. And having my own dog and watching what people did to dogs, I think, was that moment in time where I went, oh, my goodness. There are people out there who do this. There are so many people in so many states, and I have to do something. Good. And I think that's where it started. Now, yeah. are you fostering Muppet? No. Oh, no? Okay. No. <laughs> Muppet, is Muppet, my, is, Muppet is yours. Muppet is a foster failure. I have three foster, <laughs> foster failures. Foster failures, yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. You, you, uh, you yourself are a dynamic storyteller oh. with a passion. Well, that's, well it's, it's right here. <laughs> I, got, I got it. There are people out there who think this, and I'm one of them. Uh, with a passion for fair and accurate journalism. Bless you in this day and age. A self-titled news junkie, Larissa began her career at an early age by joining her high school newspaper and the local Calabasas City News. You are now back living in Calabasas, but you've been all over. After high school, enrolled in the television... Hello, Muppet. (laughs) Enrolled in the television and drama department at San Francisco State University and studied producing, editing, ethics, writing, interviewing, and hosted two weekly radio shows on the university's channel. You then landed a traffic anchor and general assignment reporter position at Tucson Today... That's close to gray. I know. Uh, yes, that. yes, that's right. And then you were the you were a morning show and midday news anchor and producer in KERO in Bakersfield. Then you were in, then you were in San Diego. Yes. And then you came back to Los Angeles. Yes. To work on home and family, you've been all over doing this, and animals have been a big part of that all the all the way through. Now, yes. let's talk about because it's interesting. You say you own two dogs. And you foster a myriad of animals when time allows. Yes. And I think we would all agree <laughs> with this. It's like, well, with our lives today, when does time allow? But Definitely. then again, when, when does time not allow? It's not, it's, it, you, have to, you have to incorporate them into the fabric of your life. Gray, yes, you would say this? Absolutely. And, and, and dogs, of course, are the most time-consuming of all. Um, you know, and a lot of times I, people say, oh, I want to get a puppy for the kids. I want to get a dog for the kids. And, and they're almost the worst option to start with, right? Because they are the most labor intensive. You know, cats are independent. Lizards don't take much care. But people want to start with those dogs. So uh, my question to get started is, what do you think, given your, your role as a journalist, 
your role on camera, behind the scenes. What's the most important message we need to get out today about our pets? Another good one. You guys are good. Well, no, this is why Grace here. <laughs> um, absolutely why Grace here. He I would those say, questions. I actually have two. I would say the first one is, well, I have more than two, but rescue. Good rescue, all rescue, rescue. That's my big overall umbrella message. My second one is, and something I've said on the show, is not to judge a book by its cover. You may go in thinking you want a puppy, and most people do, and I try to tell them, do you have any idea what a puppy entails? <laughs> Um, and keep your mind open. You know, you if you go in with too narrow of a focus of what you think you want, you may miss a gem. True. Absolutely. And oftentimes a gem is going to look different than you think. And my cousins went in thinking they wanted a white little fluffball, you know, poodle puppy and walked out with a three-legged pit bull mix. And love him to death. Right. You right. just never know what is going to grab you. You know, they, they pick you. So I would definitely go in with an open mind. And the other thing, and this is something I said to my friend yesterday who's fostering a dog for the first time, it, it, it will all work out. You just have to learn that dog and learn how to make your life work with it. You know, she's freaking out because all of a sudden this dog started barking. And it's like, that's okay. The, the dog just came from probably four different situations. You got to give it time and you'll figure out how to adjust your life Absolutely. to it. It's okay. Absolutely. Take a deep breath. It's all going to work yes. out. Gray has a an astonishing book, Zumility. Um, his tales of, of being a keeper, tr being being a trainer, and it's basically a how-to manual. I, I suggest this book all the time. In fact, I give this book away to people who have just got, I'm sorry, Greg, you're not getting any royalties on this. Um, <laughs> to people who, who, who I see in their homes, friends who I will visit, who no to the dog, and it's like, okay, you know what? Here, I have this book for you, all about positive reinforcement training. Oh, I think I need this book. Well, well, I, I don't know. I think I think Muppet is doing incredibly <laughs> well, but but any dog can be adjusted, can be trained, can be worked into with positive reinforcement training. And Gray's book is is the Bible I as actually, far as I can say about that. I have a foster right now who it's been about a month and he's just now starting to of play. Course, of course, and you know even I get get surprised sometimes. I thought, oh, he's just not that social. It's taken him a good four weeks to start being playful. These are sentient beings mm -hmm. with souls. They have personalities. They're going to, you know, go on instinct, but they're also going to cue off of you. Right. <laughs> so you've got to be, you know, the one that's sort of in control, but with love, yes. et cetera. So we've, we've lost our, we've lost our kids up there. Oh. Have we? Oh, there no, we are. They're there. There's great. Uh, There's great. And, and they're all and they all have histories, right? And yes. many of them are not pleasant histories. So um, I love it. And, and you're absolutely right, Carolyn. Each animal has its own history, its own learning style. Uh, and, it's, and, and you can't put them all into one, you know, square peg or a round hole or whatever that, that case may be. Um, and, and no animal is a lost cause. But that's not the same thing as saying that every animal is suitable for every family situation, right? That's that's true. I, I but what, five years ago when I got or decided to foster, I never decided to foster, <laughs> um, to a, a, a Sophie Tucker, my poodle mix, uh -huh. and a terrier mix, uh -huh. who I renamed Sluggo. <laughs> and Sluggo, I knew after about six weeks, actually, actually was after, it was more like about two months, two, two, two and a half months, Sluggo was not the fit mm -hmm. for the rest of the tribe. Sophie was fitting in with the already established, you know, the already established uh, Liza Jane and Arbuckle and, and these dogs, they were getting along well, and Sophie wasn't. So I made sure instead of sending Sophie back to a shelter, which I would never do, I would, I would, anyway, I, I, I readopt. I adopted her out to a very, to, mm -hmm. to 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 a good friend who now loves her and is and Sophie is getting along well with her dog. Exactly. So, not every dog is correct, but no dog. You're absolutely right, Gray. Is 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 a lost cause. So basically, adopt. Don't shop. 
Oh, what? What's happening? Is where? Hi. <laughs> where are you doing? What's Not going on? Come here. Come here. Okay, I'm picking but up yes, it, finding I'm picking the right fit is important. Yeah, absolutely. And it it matters if you live in an apartment, if you have children, if you're gone ten hours a day. You know, get a senior dog in that. If that if that's the case, there are always options. But finding that best option for you is important. I've had a lot of people, a lot of people, say to me, well. I want a very specific breed. I want, I want, uh, you know, um, um, Cavalier King Charles. I want a specific, a standard poodle. I want a Bichon. I want this. Let's talk about all of the rescues that are out there. We're going to talk about the difference between a rescue and a shelter. The rescues that are out there that are now breed specific. Okay. Whoever came up with that idea was genius. I foster for Cavalier Rescue USA, which is out, it's across the country. And if you go on their website, you can see, depending on where you live, what Cavaliers are available. They take them in, no questions asked if someone needs to give up their Cavalier. And you'd be amazed at how many cute, adorable, sweet Cavaliers there are that would cost thousands if, you know, or probably did cost thousands for the original owner. And they're out there. Right, right. They, you can find Almost any breed. Almost any breed, there is yes. a rescue. There is a rescue. Yes. Let's, ta let's talk about the difference between rescues and shelters. I think maybe there are some people, prob probably no one in my audience, because they're very, very savvy and very smart. But for those who are new listeners, the difference between a rescue and a shelter. Yeah, this actually, I started realizing how many people don't know the difference um, at work. When I started kind of talking to people about all the knowledge I'd gained, and there were a lot of questions about, well, how come shelters can't be no-kill? And I said, well, because shelters by law have to take in everything they don't you know they're they're government entities that are there to protect the people that's their mentality they're not there to protect the animals yeah i know i know like we don't either. we don't like that <laughs> not interested in that. <laughs> to protect the people so they have to take everything and anything in if it's a nuisance if somebody just doesn't want it anymore if it's bit somebody whatever it is and they just don't have the room there is math there's more animals than there is room. Whereas rescues are privately run and can actually go in and kind of pick what works for them, what they think they can adopt out, um, and spend more time on those animals so they can be no-kill because they're taking in maybe five to, you know, depending on the rescue, 50 dogs as opposed to thousands. There was a, just recently in Studio City, uh, a couple of women who were running, I think it was a rescue, and the, the home in Studio City had 98 dogs. 98 dogs in various states of disease and filth. And the two women, I believe, had moved out to somewhere around the Northridge, Chatsworth area, already starting another home, just had abandoned these dogs. In Studio City? In Studio City. In Studio Cities, which is, for those who don't know, a fairly, you know, uh, upper, upper, yeah. upper, upper middle class, oh, sort of yeah. tonier section of Los Angeles. And 98 dogs were now kind of coming on to the market. And I, I wrote to the, I wrote to whoever it was that had sent me this email and said, I'll take one. And I went, who is writing this? I have three other dogs who is writing this. But it's like, I will take one. I will take one. So there are, there, you, they get a lot of dogs at once some, out, out of some of these situations. Oh, and yeah. the shelters cannot hold all of them. They simply can't. Fortunately, I believe, well, we're making, is LA no kill? The, it's not yet. Not yet, They're but we are in the process of making it. Yes. yes. And yeah. Dr. Stafford, I remember out, and I still see the news uh, pieces out of Arizona, there's quite a lot of hoarding cases out there that happen or abandonment cases where they're suddenly you know, bringing in 60, 70, 80 dogs that need medical, that need homes, that need you know help, various help. And, um, and it's not it's not limited to dogs. It's horses. It's it's yep. small animals. It's domestic livestock. Uh, it, they're very you know it's it's a good idea gone bad, right? Where people just um, they lose sight of of good welfare for the animals and for themselves, and it, it gets out of control. Do you get yeah, any ex ex like ex hoarding of exotics or or? Okay. Yeah, you occasionally get that. Um, occasionally, zoos will be approached by um, you know local law enforcement, county officials, and say, hey, can you help? with some of these exotics uh, and it can be reptiles, it can be birds, it can be mammals uh, in very cases. And, and again, a lot of times it starts with the best of intentions, but people just get underwater literally uh, and uh, 
the situations go very bad. Uh, we a see friend the news. of mine that was talking, we were talking the other night, Michael Jackson mm -hmm. lived very close to where I grew up mm -hmm. in Encino. In fact, I think the family, I think Joe and Jermaine or whoever, still lives there. And this girl said she would drive down Havenhurst Boulevard, and every once in a while she'd see a giraffe head poking <laughs> over yeah. the fence. Because when he was renovating Neverland, he would st store his animals on this. And I know that, that, I know those lots back there. They're big, but they're not that big. And he had all of his animals just sort of stored in Encino. Oh, my goodness. Not a good, not a good no. steward at all. Andrea, jump in with anything you, with anything and everything gray, you too. Always, always, always. Um, let's talk about some help, as you say. Helpful tips before you, to know before you go to a shelter. Oh, because yes. here's the thing. I can't. Someone almost has to bring me a dog, and I will say yes. <laughs> but, I, but going to a shelter, is that's like letting Augustus Gloop loose in Willy Wonka's chocolate room. Mm -hmm. He wants everything. You want everything. And, and deciding breaks your heart because you know that some, some, when you make a choice, it's a choice over something else. You either have this or you have this. And if you choose this, this may not make it through the night, so. When I lived in Bakersfield, I started volunteering at their shelter. Oh, I can imagine the stuff, the you things. Had, uh, I had no idea. Yeah. And I was the only volunteer for the first year or so. And so there were days, and I worked the morning show, so I was up at midnight and worked till, you know, 11, tw noon, you know, 11 a.m. noon, and I just wanted to go home and take a nap, but I thought, no, I'm the only one. And they, we had a deal going that if I was networking a dog, I would list it on a big whiteboard, and they would know to make sure that dog stayed safe, which was wonderful, but at the same time, it was that thought process every day of, okay, so I'm taking this one out, yeah. but I'm not taking that one. Right. You know, it was right. horrible. It's, it's a killer because you see families zero in on one dog and the other dogs are just crowding around yeah. or sometimes they're too scared in their back. But their, their tails are going too. Pick right. me, pick me. And then, you know, there are rescues that specifically will go in and take dogs that are highly adoptable, which is great because they have a turnover and they can come get more. There are also rescues that come in and take the ones that will never get adopted. Uh, that's, th those are the saints. Yeah, I yeah. know, I yeah. know. The I, dogs like, with the hair lip, the dogs with missing one ear, the dogs that have been so, so, so abused that they don't, they're not socialized anymore. They, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's one of those dilemmas that you think about and you think, well, what's, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, if you're saving dogs, you're saving dogs. But there are different aspects of it. So the tips that I learned before going in, um, one is their kennel card. Learn the very basics of a kennel card. And every, every shelter has a different kennel card system, but they're all kind of similar in terms of it tells you usually the sex of the animal, the age of the animal, why they were brought in, if it was a stray, if it was an owner surrender. There may be notes from the owner in the computer system as to why they brought in that dog. So if it says owner surrendered, feel free to go up to the desk and ask them, you know, does it, are there any uh, notes on why this dog was brought in? Were there too many dogs in the home? Was it food aggressive? Did it nip at their kid? All those things that sometimes owners will divulge when they're bringing a dog in. Um, the other thing is the ID number on a kennel card. That's basically an animal's ID. That's their calling card. So never go up to a front desk and say, I want to look at that, that fluffy one over there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll look at you like, are you kidding me? Oftentimes there are so many people and they are so overworked because there are never enough employees at any of these shelters. So their patience is running low. So before you go in, know to either snap pictures of the kennel cards or at least the picture of the dog or their ID number or write it down on something. So when you finally get to the front of the line at that counter, which can sometimes take 40 minutes. Well, which is a good thing because <laughs> there are a lot of people who want dogs. Yes. Right, do you know what I mean? It's like if you have to wait for the dog, wait for the dog and yes. thank thank, you know, the powers above that there are a lot of people that are that also want to adopt. So Absolutely. Patience, absolutely. My but friend. if you get to that front of the counter and you've got that ID number, they can help you. If you don't, you're probably gonna go back to find out the ID number and get back in line. Right. And by that time a lot of people say, Forget it. 
Right. Forget it. I'm done. Brilliant advice. And That's very important. Because, because people don't think that people go on visuals only. Yes. A lot of people just, just go on visuals. And the other thing I would say, which kind of ties to my point, is that no going into the shelter that these employees, and I came across this all the time, they're often difficult. And I'm not saying this in a mean way. No. And I don't even blame them. They deal with the ugliest of the ugly. And their patience is wearing thin. They don't have a lot of compassion for people. And sometimes they're not the most tactful. And you, you have to just know what they've gone through. Because right. it's easy to say, wow, that person was a, you know, you know what, I'm going to a pet store. But if you kind of put yourself in their shoes for a little bit and you realize what they see on a day-in, day-out basis, kind of helps you have a little bit more patience for them, too. Bring cookies. Yes. Bring them a treat. Yes. Say thank you very much. It costs you, what, $4 to get a box of cookies mm -hmm. or something like that and say this is for you. This is for the entire staff. I can I can guarantee you, to, you know, demeanors will turn around like, well, when I first got Sophie Tucker with Sluggo, escape, she's an escape artist. Oh. And... The other two are not. Well, they've learned to be. Now they are because they follow her lead. And if the door was left open that much for this long, she was gone. And, the, and I think I'd had her about a week. And she was chipped. So she, 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 she escaped. And the Burbank, Burbank Animal Shelter called and said, we, we have your dog. And I went in and they said, okay, she's down there. And they brought her out, and I had only had her a week, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tr totally familiar with right. her yet. So I, the, I, and I was looking for, I was trying to touch her and feel her and poke around because she had a little rib that was sticking out, and I said, oh, it was, it was a bad situation. And they looked at me, and they went, you don't know your own dog? And I went, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just fine. Just had her about a week inst <laughs> instead of just turning on them. Because yes, their tempers are, their their tempers can be very short. Mm -hmm. They want they want people to kind of kind of know what they want when they come in. And you know? and your listeners, I'm sure, as you mentioned earlier, are very animal savvy. Yeah. But I was just there at the West Valley Animal Shelter, yeah. you know, and and I was at the counter filling out some paperwork for my latest foster, and I was listening to the people that were at the counter talking to the the you know um, officers. And I thought to myself, these just aren't always the most intelligent people. <laughs> the common sense isn't always there. So I understand why sometimes these employees and officers can lose their temper. Exactly. A bit. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. a sad situation. But well, I think if you know that going into it, you're at least a little bit more prepared. That's what this show is all about, attempting to educate because, you know, if your heart is in the right place and you just want a dog, and you go and, you, and you're not, when you sort of present yourself, your entrance is not something that is, you know, super high. So you, I'm, I, the people in the, in the rescue want to make sure that somebody, you know, with its compass mentis is going to take this yes. dog because they don't want to see that dog come back. Right. So I think, I would think probably uh, often they're a little leery to let some dogs go to certain individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. It's, it's a responsibility and, and, and one that I think a lot of people don't fully appreciate going into those scenarios uh, ahead of time. But Larissa, I wanted to ask you too, given the, the, the burden that we put on these rescue and uh, officers and, and volunteers, what about funding? What do you recommend? You've been to different facilities, uh, you've been, worked inside these facilities, what sort of funding mechanism do you think works best? Who should we be, be supporting? Uh, and what advice can we give to people out there that maybe can't take a dog, but they want to send their dollars somewhere to help, particularly now in light of what's happened in Houston, for example? Um, well, what also, what's happening now yeah. here in Burbank, in the mm -hmm. La, La, La Tuna Canyon, yes. there are fires. Mm -hmm. and the, the Thousands of acres have been burned, and, not, and I worry not necessarily about the people or the homes. I worry about the I know. Well, the local shelters, I just reposted something. They're desperately looking for even short-term fosters to take the dogs they have currently because of the thousands of animals that are going to be displaced today, yesterday, tomorrow from this fire. 
So anyone out there in the L.A. area, that would be great. A short-term um, foster. Yeah. You'll fall in love. <laughs> um, you know, Dr. Stafford, I that's a great, great question. And there's no right answer. Um, the funding is a major problem everywhere. I don't think there's any county that doesn't feel that um, when it comes to the animal uh, welfare area because it's just a forgotten about area. Ten, any, at any one time, more animals, more pets in the United States than there are people on the planet. Yes. What, Ten billion. There are, what, seven billion, 7.5. 10 billion in the United States. I know. Alone. It's a global problem. Yes. I I personally like to donate and urge people to donate to the local shelters or local rescues, I should say. I mean, I know so many people that on a local level go into the McFarland Animal Shelter, the Wasco, the Bakersfield, the um, Cal City, you know, these small municipal shelters that are located on the water plants, you know, behind behind bars that mm -hmm, you can't, that mm -hmm, the, the public mm -hmm. can't even get to. Those, and I wouldn't say give the money necessarily to the shelter, I'd say give it to the local rescue that you can look up and you can talk to them, and they're the ones that go in and get those animals and then you know, help look for better locations for them, whether it be a forever house or a larger rescue that does get more money because they have more, well, um, you know, more notoriety. A, a, high, a, a higher profile. Yes. And the shelters are at least getting some city funds, but the smaller shelters are just, they're on a wing and a prayer. Oh my gosh, yeah. the McFarland shelter, which is near, up near Bakersfield, that's one that I had been alerted to when I worked there in news. And you actually cannot, as a public person, go there. It is behind locked doors on the water plant. And the only way you can go is to contact the local police and have them escort you. And it's mostly if you've maybe, if you live in the area and you've lost your dog, you know, it's not really a shelter per se where you can just go willy nilly and adopt an animal. Really? And those are the shelters that never get heard of. Well, because they don't let anybody in. Exactly. And they're allowed to do that because the police department owns the shelter, so they ah, can make up their own I rules. Understand. I understand. It's, you know, there there is such a mishmash of political tape in so many cities and, and, and states that I think if you are out there and want to donate, you know, and thank God that there are people that are amazing and want to donate, look for the smaller locations but do your research still absolutely. because you don't want to be giving to the woman that's hoarding 98 dogs absolutely in Studio city you know and, and then leaving them and <laughs> you don't want to give it to a national organization that's going to use it to hire lawyers and lobbyists and not actually contribute to animal welfare and right. we won't name any names hsus hsus um however if you do want to donate to american humane that's right and gray will i be seeing you in in a couple of weeks I will not be attending this year. Okay, we're having, okay. Well, you'll be there. We will talk about you later, Mister. Yes. At any rate, um, I have. I'm very lucky because Kong Chew Toys, oh. the best, the best Kong. They're the best ever. Um, they're indestructible, and so when uh, my three, I, I get a, I get a, a Kong toy every month. I'm on their list. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Gray. Um, <laughs> And when they're done with that particular chew toy, it's washed, it's sterilized, and it's sent right to the Burbank Animal Shelter. Even if you don't have funds, mm -hmm. you've got towels mm -hmm. that you're no longer using. You've got blankets you're no longer using. You've got you can you can buy just a just a bag of food and just send it up there. You can well, bake like, bake the staff I'm, treats. Some, here's another, something. Here's another way that people can help. I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Um, <clears throat> your local food banks for people, mm -hmm. they often have uh, dog and cat food available mm -hmm. because people, they can't feed themselves and they can't feed their pets. And so the goal is to keep animals out of these shelters to begin with, right? So if we can support families that are on the edge, families that are out of work or, you know, in dire straits, keep those families together with their pets by, you can also contribute to your local food bank. Um, There's an amazing um, program places. in Florida. 
just outside of Fort Lauderdale called the Pet Project for Pets, and I'm one of their spokes spokespeople. Mm. And it's great. It's, it's fascinating that, that you bring that up, and so timely because their whole mission, they have a thrift store, and ev- all the profits from that thrif- thrift store mm-hmm. go to supply their food bank, and their food bank is only pet food, and it is because there are so many um, elderly and, and, and uh, individuals that are not well, and if the choice comes down to feeding themselves and feeding their pet, very right. often they're, they're, they're put into major distress, yeah. and they, sometimes they have to surrender their pet. And this, the Pet Project for Pets, uh, just outside of Fort Lauderdale, make sure that they can come to this food bank. They sign up for this program. They can get the food. They can low-cost veterinary care. I mean, sometimes no-cost veterinary care. So, and I'm saying, why is that only in Fort Lauderdale? Why, don't, why, don't, why isn't this a national, something national, which I would love to do? Because we could, we could per- conceivably put the rescues out of work if we could keep families in their pets Absolutely. Absolutely. Which I think every rescue would love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it, as much as it's satisfying, if they had to be out of work and not rescuing anymore, exactly. they'd be exactly. happy. Exactly. But you actually just reminded me of something when you said elderly people. That's another thing you can do that's no cost. If And, and actually, someone I know just, just sent me a picture. He has a dog. He sent me a picture of a different dog. And I said, who's that? And he said... I saw my elderly neighbor across the street walking her little poodle, and she was having a really hard time. And her husband passed away a year ago from cancer, and now she's having all these health issues, and so I offered to walk the dog for her. And I thought, not only are you an amazing person for doing that, but what a great idea. It's oftentimes these elderly people that live in all of our neighborhoods that either might have a problem feeding their animals, they can't bend down to their animal, they they're, can't walk their they, animal. They're, they've suddenly broken a hip, they're on walkers themselves, how are they going to walk their Right, dog? and sometimes dogs I've seen come into the shelter that have been confiscated because people have gotten older and are you know not able to care for them. So right. if you've got a neighbor out there that you know has an animal, check in on them, you know, mm. see if you can help out. Go up and down your block. If it's just if it's if it's if it's up and down and the dog does its business and then that's it. Sometimes that's that's all the dog needs or that's if that's all you can do, that helps as well. Just mm-hmm. getting the dog out. Absolutely. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. I thought. Oh my gosh. I would that's... love for shelters to be put out of business. Listen, we have the spay and neuter mobile vans going all over the place. Mm-hmm. If those are going, we can get funding for those to be going twenty four seven, and we can keep families with their pets pretty soon. Pretty soon there will only be 9 billion dogs and cats in the the United States. Let's talk about what you're doing on Home and Family. Oh, I'd love to. Now, we have a little time. (laughs) So so always, I've seen you both times, with, with an animal. So they love this, what you're doing. I and you and you bring and you show them up and you can foster direct right off of home and family right. right off of the website. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I've loved every job that I've been in. I've been very lucky. Um, this is something but special. This though. is something <laughs> special. Yeah. Hallmark and it really is Hallmark. Hallmark it loves animals and their dedication to really. I mean, their thing is they want to clear the shelters, just like we've all been talking about. And so they not only are having me do, you know, one to two segments a week dedicated to something rescue oriented, whether it's products that are great for when you bring your doggy home, or if it's an organization out there that's having a big event, um, you know, helping promote that. But they also are doing daily adoptions. So we have been pulling from rescues locally as well as daily. We used to do one a week and it came from a local rescue, which was awesome. They have now expanded that. They want one animal a day, and it can be anywhere in the country. We're doing FaceTimes. In next week, actually, we're FaceTiming a few rescues that have taken in Hurricane Harvey animals just to give them some, you know, notoriety and remind people about how many more animals are suddenly available, unfortunately, because of this situation. But we are able to, to profile rescues across the country that you know, have awesome dogs and cats that want to showcase, you know, there are great rescues everywhere and anywhere that you can turn to. So it's become a really big part of the show and a big part of the network as a whole. And as you mentioned, in a couple weeks, we have the Hero Dog Awards. Yes, we do. Which um, are amazing. And we just did 
was it two days ago or three days ago, I did a story on Home and Family about American Humane and Hallmark and Hormel Foods um, reuniting military dogs with their handlers. And it was amazing. It's it's so inspiring. Heartbreaking and in the best possible way. Yes. In Heartbreaking the best and a happy in, in a happy way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. What American Humane is doing is beyond is is beyond the beyonds, as my Irish as my Irish folks say. They are just they're so extraordinary. So, do you think there could possibly be a spin-off show on Hallmark? Wouldn't that be interesting with two hosts? Yeah, two females, <laughs> or, or maybe four, or maybe need, or we, maybe four hosts. Especially since we're all in different well, locations. Well, I and I think that we could be Hallmark. Are you listening? I think that could be. We could have like two anchors here. We could have a, you know a man, a man sort of. Or a woman, or a man, <laughs> kind of, you know, flying to different shelters and yeah. saying, "This is this is what we're doing today," and so on and so forth. I think that could really be astonishing I, if Hallmark loves animals so much. I, Put your money where you mouth is. <laughs> I would love to do in an ideal world, whether it's on TV or if I make my, you know, millions somewhere else and can do it when, on my own. When, when exactly is I would love to go around the country. And visit not only shelters but rescues and see what's working and see why it's working and see what's not working because every show and you brought up burbank they do this awesome um thing where the volunteers take the dogs on hikes yeah i mean every place has tried things that have worked and has tried things that haven't worked and maybe they haven't worked there but they'll work somewhere right, else right. there's so many creative people that are doing amazing offshoots of you know of things to help save animals i should know this and so mea culpa but as i say i learn i learn i'm the one who learns the most every, uh, on, on every episode is there a network of shelters or rescues that are sharing ideas hey this is burbank and uh this is we so we tried walking our dogs um this is what we discovered it works for it it doesn't work for us this aspect but this aspect aspect does work for us so if you live in so you try this is there a network is there an online network good question and i don't honestly i don't have i okay. don't know however i will say facebook has I'm on so many different Facebook, you know, rescues, shelters, and I will say, even for my own eyes, that has been a game changer because I think a lot of rescues and shelters are on each other's and are are keeping up with what's going on at different locations. So I think a lot of great ideas are going back and forth through that. There are a couple. Um, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's daughter, uh, um, Allison. Yes. I just read she started something for fostering, I believe, where it's going to be a network where people who want to foster can log in and be teamed up or at least see visually all the different rescues and shelters in the area that need fosters. So it's kind of a... I want to help you. I want to help you. Wonderful. <laughs> She's working, uh, and I, the three of us, actually there are, there are many more of us, but the three of us are working, a girl named Kristen Stavala, who mm -hmm. is starting Bark Park. Oh. And it is the most pet-friendly home in America. And it's right up in... Um, it's something, it's something, yes, and it's something uh, that you might want to consider, maybe yes. maybe a, like an off, a remote segment. It's in uh, Laurel Canyon, and she, it's two, two properties, they managed to get two properties in Laurel Canyon, no small feat, with hillsides, terraced, grass, trees running around, inside, outside, and they've got sponsors, and they're working at the most pet-friendly home in Bark, Bark Park, and Allison Eastwood, Allison Eastwood is a big part of that. And, well. and Carolyn, someone needs to put a GoPro on some of the, the uh, residents of Bark Park and have them go through that canyon and up and all Genius the spaces. Genius idea. Yes. Genius idea. We may be having you come out to consult, Greg. But, <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, I'm but I'm thinking, I'm thinking a show. Be, I really am because... And it doesn't even, it maybe it could be a weekly show to start right. out if Hallmark has, has, has the programming slot available. Because we have Animal Planet, we've got History, we've got, you know, whatever, National Geographic. But if Hallmark is, is that, that pet friendly and we can do stories about where these animals came from, perhaps even show, it wouldn't be pretty, but we'd always end with the, with the, with the prince and the princess. Right. The fairy tale happy ending. That's right. that's what we need for Hallmark, and that's what we need. Period. So I think that could be something really astonishing. And you know, nobody that love or I don't think that's proper grammar, but <laughs> there isn't anybody. You did, you did well in English. <laughs> there is.
isn't anybody I've run into that has turned to me and said, Hallmark is my favorite because it takes me away from the real world. It's a happy ending. It's a a love story. It always ends in that. And while some... Times you go, oh, I wish life was really like that. It, it's an escape. Absolutely. And to see these animals in, yes, maybe what they've gone through isn't the prettiest. Well, but, but us, we, we can touch on that. Yes. Because I know people people who do watch Hallmark, they don't want to see the dirt and the grime and the grit because we are all living it. Right. I get that. But a little, you know, yes, listen, Cinder, Cinderella swept up ashes. Exactly. Not pretty. Before she became... You know, exactly. You know, to, to see that transformation and how they, the end of the story. We could even is have amazing. vet care. We could have grooming care. We could do a lot of things. I'm just tossing this out <laughs> to I love Hallmark. This. Muppet not? agrees. Muppet agrees. Why not? Where can we find you? Wonderful. Um, LarissaTV.com is what I have right now for my own website. I will be working on that, but that's from what I had from broadcasting, so I just kind of kept it up. Um, And I've been putting all my animal segments and all the adoptable animals on there. And then at Larissa Wall on Instagram has now become my crazy dog lady page. (laughs) Spell it for spell it for. Oh, sure. It's at and then Larissa L A R I S S A W O H. L. We are and watching. Hi, baby. I'm sorry for Muppet's breath. She Why has the are you? Worst no, you teeth, haven't. So. You haven't met our buckle. God love. <laughs> but I'm doing something very interesting, which I will tell you in a moment. And then, and then Twitter, and then uh, Twitter's Twitter? the same. But I honestly, I'm not that great on Twitter. I have to get better at that. So Instagram, Facebook is Larissa Wall as well. Same spelling, Hi, two S's, and then W O H L. And I would love for you guys to follow me and you know turn to me if you're looking for a dog because that's what I get the most enjoyment out of is helping families and people find the right fit. It is quite likely, almost um, probable, not even possible, that I will be fostering a dog from uh, from either the 98 at that horrible rescue big quotes or or uh, something out of yes out of the Burbank East fire. Valley and West Valley and Burbank and Pasadena yeah. and Glendale they're all looking for people who can help pull today I, I do ha- I'm lucky because I do have one one criteria that they have to be able to fit through the doggy door perfect so <laughs> I'm sorry all of you all of you large dogs just one quick suggestion My goodness what just one suggestion wait until after master class oh master class thanks for bringing that up because I've forgotten to say yes, this yeah, is why so this is, is why a good coat of paint, kids. That'll <laughs> it'll take you everywhere. Um, I am I've been lucky enough. I'm doing um, it is the inaugural production for the inaugural season of the new Gary Marshall Theater, formerly the Falcon, oh, formerly the, the Falcon yeah. Arvin Riverside, big wonderful great equity house here in Los Angeles, and I am pr- playing Maria Callas in Masterclass, oh my which gosh. is um, basically a 43 page monologue with some singing that I don't do. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's yes. amazing. I will. I think I should. I just, it's like, it's like at a buffet. Your eyes are too big for your stomach. I should. You're absolutely right, Gray. I will wait after Masterclass, considering <laughs> that those people who know the play will know that I've actually quoted it t- twice in this, in this, in this show oh. today, because it's all in my head. It's right That's what here. Oh, that is so cool, though. It's wonderful. And, and today at 11, 11 o'clock, we start our technical run-through. So uh, we open on the 22nd, previews on the 20th and 21st, and we close on October either 21st or 22nd. I have to come see Yes, it. don't tell close. me. I don't want anybody. Th- this is the role where you just don't want anybody. I don't want to know anybody who's out there. <laughs> okay. I I'll just show up one day, and I'll, I'll say hi come, afterwards. Yeah, everyone, everyone can be a stage door, yeah. stage door Johnny. <laughs> And meet me at meet me meet me meet me afterwards. So oh, yes, thank awesome. you, Gray. No, nothing after masterclass. I'm the I two two dates that I I carved out. One was to see Andrea last weekend, and the other was for the Amer- uh, the American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards. Donate to anything, people. Just even if it's a quarter, give where you think it will do the best. American Humane, the rescue. They're on the boots on the ground. Uh, uh, boots on the ground rescue. Reuniting military personnel with their with their hero dogs, their their wonderful dogs that have been in combat. Um, uh, Humane Heartland. If you want to eat, if you are a meat eater and you want to 
really know that what you've what you're eating has been checked out that they are treating the cows pigs chickens turkeys the most humane way possible they've got a whole list humane heartland and they mm. go in and they check and you know facilities will sign up the braver ones and they will be veto vetted and and so you can mm. you can get meat that you're you you feel okay about eating american humane covers everything don't give to HSUS or PETA, ever. Okay, I'm back. Um, thank you so <laughs> thank much you. No, for being on the show. And thank you guys, Andrea and Dr. Gary. It was very nice to meet you over the computer screen. Thank you. So hopefully you guys can come out one day and I'll be welcome back, hopefully. Well, well what, would be, I'm, what might be interesting is a home and family segment. I'm just saying, because Gray is a brilliant on television and I'm talking about you like you're not in the room and you're not so I can talk about you like that uh, brilliant on television but he's 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 the Bible he knows everything everything there is to possibly well, know and don't well, and, not, not everything you're yeah, being very yeah, no, you, do. You, you do hey, hey Carolyn real quick I just wanted to um, um, say send my sympathy to the LA Zoo folks um, uh, an animal magnetism alum Mike D passed away recently and uh, I was looking at your inventory of all the podcasts over the last. Can you believe you've been doing this show for now over four years? Mike D and I did an interesting conversation about the ivory band. And I encourage your listeners to go back and, and listen to that. Uh, I, I didn't know Mike very well, but he was a very genteel soul and a, and a very likable person. Him. And uh, we're sorry to hear his I past. saw him just recently at the Beastly Ball, which is the big, big gala, uh, the big fundraiser for the Los Angeles Zoo. And uh, I saw he was in a wheelchair, and I, I, I honestly didn't recognize him. I literally yeah. didn't recognize him. I knew, I knew that he was very ill. I'd sort of been trying to keep in touch, and I, and his wife had taken over his Facebook posting. I did not know that he had passed. So, Aww. so yes, thank you, Gray, and I will send um, condolences. Very to interesting him. man, and it, a, a very long zoological career. Exactly, and and basically an autodidact, self-taught. His book collection is, and I think a bronze star winner. Yeah, I think. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, Gray. And uh, everyone, send condolences to the zoo. All right. Um, but not on that note. We thank you again for <laughs> being here. You Please so come much. back. I would love to. Please come back. I, and, and we're going to uh, we're going to approach Hallmark about a four person <laughs> show uh, at least once a week. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's, it's so timely. Um, adopt. Don't shop. If you've got a spare chew toy lying around, sterilize it, send it to your local rescue. A blanket mm -hmm. will do. Um, Short-term foster, especially if you're in the Los Angeles area or in the areas around Texas, Houston, short-term foster because those animals need you. Otherwise, there is no future for them. Right. Once again, Andrea Compton, my, my right hand, my bestie, thank you so much for being an inc such an incredible producer. Um, we'll, we, you and I will, will speak shortly. Gray Stafford, again, I can't say enough. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Tony Sweet, the handsomest man in radio. God bless. And once again, thank you to my <laughs> thank be you. brilliant, beautiful guest, Larissa Wall. Thank you. And thank, thank you guys as well out there for having me on and chatting with me. Absolutely. Always remember, yeah. in everything you do, kids, attempt to, pre to cultivate the preservationist heart. It will take you a long time long way be kind to animals that's that's your mission in life it's as simple as that we'll see you again in two weeks i'm carolyn hennessy you've been listening to animal magnetism thank you bye-bye something tells me it's all happening at the zoo i do believe it i do believe it's true Giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly But they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical Of changes in their cages And the zookeeper is very fond of rum Zebras are reactionaries And antelopes are missionaries